Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, gold Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989-898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989-898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989 with an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989-898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. To Syria wanting to take back their land, that's a whole different story. If Syria wants to fight for their land, that's up to Turkey and Syria, as it has been for hundreds of years they've been fighting, and the Kurds have been fighting for hundreds of years. That whole mess, uh, it's been going along for a long time. Syria may have some help with Russia, and that's fine. Uh, It's a lot of sand. They've got a lot of sand over there, so there's a lot of sand that they can play with. There's a lot of sand over there they can play with? There's a lot of sand over there they can play with? Let me say that again. There's a lot of sand over there they can play with? 170,000 people have been displaced because of his military blunder. Scores have been executed by the invading Ottoman army, which you call Turkey. Russia, our, uh, our enemy Russia, has now joined with our once ally, the Kurds. Would he say this about Israel if Israel was invaded? There's a lot of sand over there that the Israelis can play with. Look, there's a limit to everything. This is just wrong. He made a mistake. And when leaders make mistakes, they have to say, I made a mistake. And I know he knows he made a mistake. How do I know that? Most of the uh, MAGAites out there won't admit that the president is wrong. But when he's wrong, he's wrong. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I don't want any of the psychopathic communists to win. But this is shocking. Now, many of you think that he can't make any mistakes. That's a sign of stupidity to believe a man cannot be uh, make a mistake. I mean, anyone who thinks that is kind of don't ever call the show. If you think that any president, any man is above making a mistake, then you know nothing about humanity. But to prove that the fallout from his military blunder is so grave, here is an article from the Jerusalem Post. Uh, I know you think everything that's printed is false news, but I'll read you some facts. You decide for yourself. The administration of U.S. President Donald Trump dispatched its top officials to Turkey on Wednesday for emergency talks to persuade Ankara, that would be Turkey for those of you who know nothing about sand, to halt an assault on northern Syria while Russian troops swept into territory abandoned by Washington in a sudden retreat. Abandoned by Washington in a sudden retreat. That's called cut and run. So Trump sent Robert O'Brien, who's White House National Security Advisor since, I think, two days ago. And he's there to try to try to meet Turkish Foreign Minister Melvut Kafrech U.S. Vice President Mike Pence was sent over there. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo sent over there to trying to meet with Erdogan, trying, expecting to meet with Erdogan uh, if they can. The administration is trying to contain the fallout from Erdogan's decision to send forces last week to attack Syrian Kurdish militia that were Washington's 
close allies. Hmm, how do you like that? The Turkish assault launched after a phone call between Erdogan and Trump has, a, has forced Washington to abandon a strategy in place for five years and pull its troops from northern Syria. It has spawned a humanitarian crisis with 160,000 civilians taking flight. A security alert over thousands of Islamic State fighters abandoned in Kurdish jails. And a political maelstrom at home for Trump, accused by congressional leaders, including fellow repubs, of betraying loyal U.S. allies, the Kurds. I don't have to read any more. Most of you already probably stopped listening after the first sentence. If you listened to any of it, you said it was fake news because it's not good for the president. I disagree with you. What's good for the president is the truth because that's what's good for America. The truth is good for America. And he made a huge error. And don't call me on it. I'm not going to listen to you. I don't want to talk to you anymore about it. Most of you don't know what the hell you're talking about. You're just calling and shooting your mouth off doesn't make you an informed guest on a radio show. It's just an opinion with no basis in fact. He himself is sending his top guys there to stop the fallout from his error, his blunder, his mistake. How many experts have to tell you it was a blunder till you finally understand that he made a blunder? Now let's move on to what's waiting in the wings if, God forbid, Trump should lose. Because he's not getting impeached by Pelosi. She's doing this as a campaign ploy. She doesn't want to vote on it because she knows her own party is in peril because most Americans are against this. She, they know that it's going to fail. So they're doing it just to harass him. So I had a lot of things to do after the Savage Radio show yesterday. I did them, and then I went and had, I don't know, 5 o'clock, a glass of wine and some pizza and some calamari in a local restaurant. And I posted it on Michael's, on uh, uh, at a Savage Nation, the Twitter feed. And again... I got more response to that than I do from political stories because most people don't care anymore. I know there are many in radio who are failed at law. They tried private law practices and flopped. Then they became fill-ins on shows, and they thought they were great geniuses. But the fact is is that people don't really care what their opinions are. They call them great and wonderful if they're saving the world. They're not saving the world. They're just blowing hot air out into the world. They have no imp- impact whatsoever. Most people would rather eat a pizza and know how to cook a sauce than listen to this rubbish that we hear in the media, wherever you hear it from. It's that simple. So I had the pizza. Then I went home, and I, I had to click on the debates. I honestly had forgotten they were on. It's not that I, I didn't remember. It wasn't a big deal in my life. But I say, all right, let me watch. So I turn it on. There it is, true to form. There's the Biden-Monhoff gang leader, Elizabeth Warren, looking meaner, nastier than ever. There's the heart attack communist. I don't know how he does it. I don't take my hat off to him. I mean, I, I feel that when this guy finally dies, let it be 100 years from now, they should sh- ship Bernie Sanders' body to the to the Hermitage in, in, in Moscow. He should be buried next to Lenin as Lenny's shoeshine. Lenin, I always said Lenny's. As Lenin's shoeshine boy. That's what Bernie Sanders has always been, Lenin's shoeshine boy. But there he was, the crumpled old seltzer man. He was up there screaming about the rich. He, of course, has become a millionaire. Multi-millionaire, as a matter of fact. There's Elizabeth Warren, how many houses she owns, how many teepees she has, no one knows. She probably owns several reservations around the country. But we have no idea. We have to look into that. Does anyone know how many reservations she, uh, she owns around the country, how many gambling casinos she may have? So there she was. Then you have Mayor Pete Buttigieg. I, I have no idea why you think he's popular. He has as much chance to win as my dog Teddy does. But that doesn't stop people in the media from telling you he won a poll. What poll did he win? 1,200 people on someone's website? He won nothing. America is not ready for a skinny loser mayor from a nowhere city somewhere in America. And moreover than that, I'm not allowed to say it, but I'll say it anyway. Let me ask you something. Are you ready for two men living together in the White House, sleeping together in the White House? Is the religious Christian community ready for this? Who is ready for this other than West Hollywood and some websites? He's not winning. And yet you get the propaganda machines around the clock. Mayor Pete, big winner of a poll. Mayor Pete, a nobody, a zero from a little town. He's going to win the presidency. My dog could win faster than him. Teddy has more popularity than Mayor Pete. Mayor Pete. Then you got Tulsi Gabbard. She wore all white. They all wore dark. That's what you're saying. Number three, none of them mentioned immigration once. They found out 
that nobody in America likes their opinion on giving a free health care and, and free and free things to the illegal aliens. They understand that's a loser. It's a loser for them. They didn't mention that. So what did they do? Tax the rich, eat the rich, eat the rich, tax the rich, eat the rich, tax the rich, tax the rich, eat the rich. So I looked into the taxation issue and I said, you know, this is a very important topic because the liar, the little communist there, the heart attack communist, Bernie Sanders, you know, I have such a rage against him. You know why? I ran from New York because of men like him. These were the people who destroyed New York City. These were the lowest of everyone in everyone's family. These were the men who never had a job, or if they had a job, it was a loser job. They lived off their wife or their father-in-law. They slept on a couch, grew their hair long, smoked pot, and railed against America and espoused Marxism. They knew nothing. Well, that's Bernie Sanders. And yet he's got a lot of morons who actually follow him because they think they're going to do well. Let me tell you something my uncle taught me. Maybe you'll learn from it. Even if there were a communist revolution in this country, which God forbid, even if there would be a communist revolution, most of you losers who support communism would wind up on the bottom anyway. And the same people who are on the top in capitalist societies would wind up running the Communist Party. You'd still be a loser. But you don't understand that yet. You have no idea what I'm talking about. By not even understanding what I just said, it shows you're a loser. That's all. But getting back to uh, topics at hand, here's little mini Lenin, the mini me Lenin. Again, he became a multimillionaire by attacking the rich in clip 19. Listen to this loser. When you have a half a million Americans sleeping out on the street today. It's not my problem. When you have 87 people, 87 million people uninsured or underinsured. It's not my problem. And you got hundreds of thousands of kids who cannot afford to go to college. They don't need college. Let me take a job. With the oppressive burden of student debt. That's their debt, and then not you mine. you also have three people owning more wealth than the bottom half of American society. That is a moral and economic outrage. Okay. And the truth well, is, right with we the Stop with the outrage, Ray. Stop with the outrage. It's bad for your heart, schmuck. Call your cardiologist with this outrage, the fake outrage. You're just jealous that you only have a few million and you haven't worked up into the minimum, minimum, the minimum to get into that class. You loser, you, you bum, you mook. You know what's interesting to me here? What's interesting to me here is a liar from the top to the bottom. Now, we're going to talk about taxes at the bottom of the hour, which is something important because we have an expert on rather than a blowhard on who doesn't know anything. We have Stephen Moore, who is going to talk about taxation. He is he has served as president of the Club for Growth, former member of the Wall Street Journal editorial board worked at the Heritage Foundation. He knows what he's talking about. And we're going to talk about taxation in America, where you will learn about the lies of the Democrats, where you will learn that the top 1% pay more tax, more taxes than do the bottom 99%. And I am so sick of the welfare mothers walking around with babies at Disneyland while I sweat my neck off here. How do they get the money to go to Disneyland there all day long? Don't tell me about the poor. They never had it so good. And if it wasn't for workers like me, well, you can finish that yourself. You want to destroy the 1% that pay most of the taxes? Good luck to you because you know what you'll have left? You'll be eating giraffes from the Bronx Zoo. So we'll talk about that on the Savage Nation and other topics. And I'm into my first stop set, and that's the opening. Michael Savage, a host like no other. What do you worry more about? What's your biggest worry? Well, a recent Gallup survey shows Americans worry more about burglary than any other crime. More than mugging, more than terrorism, more than theft of, in cars, more than murder. Burglaries. There are over 2 million burglaries reported every year. You heard me? That's one every 13 seconds. And what's crazy is that only one in five homes have home security. Maybe because most companies really don't make it easy. They make it confusing, expensive, a hassle. That's why I chose Simply Safe. And I'm telling you about it. Simply Safe protects your whole home, every window, every room, every door, every skylight with 24 7 monitoring for just a fraction of the cost. Their police dispatch, listen to this, is up to 3.5 times faster because they use video verification. And here's what's really great there's no contract, no hidden fees, no fine print. 
They've designed it to blend right into your home. There's no wires, no drilling. It's easy to order, easy to set up. Usually in under an hour, you could do it yourself. Simply Safe has won a ton of awards from CNET to the New York Times as wire cutter. Prices are always fair and honest. Around the clock monitoring is just $15 a month. How much is your safety worth? Visit simplysafe.com slash Michael Savage. Simplysafe.com slash Michael Savage. You'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial in addition to peace of mind. You've got nothing to lose except your worries. Go now and be sure to go to simplysafe.com slash Michael Savage so they know you're supporting this podcast. That you got that right? That's simplysafe.com slash Michael Savage. The Savage Nation. It's Savage on demand. That's Nobel Prize winning right there. They got a lot of sand to pound. Great. All right, Las Vegas, David. We got to make it quick because we got great stuff to cover as well. Line two, what's your topic? Go ahead, please. Miss Savage, thanks for taking my call. I'm a former Marine Corps officer, actually a Mustanger, started off enlisted, and I've served in three. Right, I'm glad to hear it. What's your position? My position is that you're no better than the other elitists who tell us what to do. Well, what are you saying we should do? I'm saying, I'm saying it's not our war. It's not our battle. Are you actually a Marine or just a faker? Uh, I'm actually a Marine. All right, good. So what's the Marine Corps hymn? From the halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli. What is that about? That, that's very offensive that you would even say that. What Excuse brand? me. I asked you a question. What is the Marine Corps hymn about? The, about honor and integrity. and loyalty. No, it's about fighting in foreign ports. What are you suggesting, that you fight here in the streets of America? What the hell was the Marine Corps created for? It was to fight Barbary Coast pirates, Mr. Marine. It wasn't to get... So if you were alive when the Marine Corps was created, what would you say, we don't belong over there? I'm saying, I'm saying it's a quagmire, 19 years in Afghanistan. What you're doing is repeating talking points without understanding what the hell you're saying. If what you are saying is true, why has Trump rushed his top people to Turkey to limit the fallout from his mistake. He's not limited anything. He's brokering an agreement on a ceasefire. A ceasefire? 170,000 people, genocide being conducted, Russia moving in. You wouldn't say that's a military blunder? I would, I, so you're getting your news from ABC that shows... Oh, stop with the news from ABC. Everybody knows that's what's going on. Stop being an idiot. Idiot. What? Okay, that's enough, idiot. Off my show. I'm sick and tired of people saying I'm a Marine. Therefore, you know everything, right? Maybe you're just stupid and you're in the Marines. It doesn't mean anything. I'm glad you're brave and you're in the Marines, but you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Stop it already. You know what Trump has done? He's made th people think everything is fake news. Nobody even knows what's true or false anymore. Well, I spend all morning and most of the evening studying worldwide sources for my commentary when I'm not joking around. And you get a clown like this calling and saying it's fake news because everyone's reporting that there's 170,000 people displaced. So they got their head in the sand and a guy who claims to be a Marine doesn't want to fight anywhere in the world. That's his idea of being a Marine. Well, sing your own Marine Corps hymn into a mirror from the halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli. And the Marine Corps was created, the Leathernecks were, to fight overseas, to fight the Barbary Coast Pirates. What would you have said? Get out of the Barbary Coast? We don't belong there? The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. In a few minutes, in about a minute, we're going to talk with Stephen Moore about the absurd statements about taxation we heard last night from the communists. But I want to finish up with that last caller. Something dawned on me. He, he either was really a Marine or he wasn't a Marine. Who knows? Irrelevant to what he was. Trump made a grave error by withdrawing abruptly from Syria, so much so that he sent his top people into Turkey to try and talk to uh, Erdogan to get him to stop. He's rushed his top people to Turkey to limit fallout from the military blunder. Everybody knows that. There's been 170,000 people who have been displaced. There's been genocide by the Turks. So the caller says to me, oh, no, no, he didn't make a mistake. He's brokering a peace deal. Well, my friend, it shows you how naive you are. You don't negotiate anything from a position of weakness. I thought he's a great negotiator. When your military is not there anymore, you have no negotiating position. What do you got to negotiate with? Usually you negotiate a separation agreement before you withdraw your troops from a battle zone. 
So I don't believe the man knows anything about the military. And I wanted to finish that up. But now let's go on to something that's really key to all of this election, which is taxation. And a man who knows a lot about it is Stephen Moore. Welcome to the Savage Nation. Mr. Moore, thank you for being with us. Hi, Michael. Big fan. Thanks for having me. I am surprised that you're a big fan, but I'm glad to hear you are. But you know a lot about taxation. So what I heard last night, the little bit I listened, I got so infuriated at uh, Lenin there, Lenin with the heart attack. I can't stand this man. He has done more damage to the, the mind of the young than almost anyone in my lifetime. Please let me play just clip 19 to listen to Bernie Sandman lying again about about wealth. Listen. When you have a half a million Americans sleeping out on the street today. Not, not my problem. When you have 87 people, 87 million people uninsured or underinsured. Not my problem. When you got hundreds of thousands of kids who cannot afford to go to college and millions well, go to college struggling to with the oppressive burden off a roof. of student debt. And then you also have debt. three people owning more wealth than the bottom half of American society. All right, let's stop right there. All right. Three people owning more wealth than the bottom. That got me angry. We heard that there's three people who own more wealth. How much do they pay in taxes compared to the bottom half of American society, Mr. Moore? Well, let's just look at the top 1%, you know, the, okay. the evil 1%, the, the yes. Warren Buffetts and the Bill Gates and the LeBron James and the Tom Brady's <laughs> and people like that. Right. It turns out the top 1%, Michael, pay more in income taxes than the bottom 90%. <laughs> Think about that. 1% of Americans pay more taxes than the 90 out of 100 Americans do. So it's a highly progressive system. And look, I, I watched some of that debate. I couldn't stand much of it. I, I watched, Of course. But all it was was an assault against success, an assault against getting rich, an assault against wealth, uh, an assault against the American dream. I mean, since when is it a crime to get wealthy in this country and to build a business and make money on it? I mean, that's what people come to America for, to do exactly. Absolutely. And, and of course, what's interesting. But, Mr. Moore, you know, the, the cynicism of a statement like that is, is so apparent to me when Bernie Sanders has made millions of dollars writing books against wealth. Yeah. And so he j he's just jealous that he's only a millionaire, not a billionaire. We know that. Well, but but le let's put this aside, because how do how do guys like I'm really curious about this. I'm not a poor man. I've worked since I'm five years old. I'm an immigrant son and I earn a fair living. But I want to know how Buffett, Bezos, Zuckerberg, Gates don't pay their fair share of taxes. What method do they use? Well, that's a good question. I mean, you know, they're paying. I mean, I'm sure if you had any of them on your show. And by the way, I'm not even necessarily. I'm not a fan of, of Zuckerberg. I mean, I, I don't even have a Facebook account, Michael, because I don't like his, uh, you know, his discrimination uh, <laughs> against conservatives. But look, I mean, he's built a great company. There's no doubt about it. People use it. Nobody puts a gun to your head or my head and says you have to have a Facebook account. The only way you can get rich in this country if you're in private uh, business is by giving people something that they want, right? I mean, the, the fact is that Google and these companies have, have provided services to Americans. They're happy to pay for it. By the way, the founder of Google and Amazon have created, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of other millionaires, and they provided millions and millions of people with services. Yeah, no, we know that, and we, we report that, but we read that Amazon paid no federal taxes on $11.2 in profits. How is this possible? Well, they have, they have various, you know, um, tax loopholes that they take advantage of. And by the way, I'm in favor of getting ta rid of tax loopholes. I don't, I, I'm a flat tax guy. I would get rid of all the loopholes and all the special carve-outs that, that, that people like Bernie Sanders put in the tax code. Yeah, why don't we have a flat tax? That's the solution to unfairness from top to bottom, isn't it? I've been spending 30 years on that issue, Michael. My, my friend Steve Forbes has talked a lot about that. You know, yes. it would be a wonderful thing if everybody... Nobody had loopholes. Nobody had high-priced tax lobbyists. But I want to mention something else because this, this was not mentioned last night. You know, you, you uh, played that, uh, that uh, tape from uh, Bernie Sanders talking about homelessness and people who uh, don't have health insurance and so on. The average family, the average family in America, since Donald Trump was elected uh, and took office, which was a little over two and a half years ago, the average middle-class family has gained $5,000 in um, in income, that's a, that's a gigantic increase in eight years that Obama was president. You know how much incomes went up? Nope. one thousand. So think about that. Incomes up 
When a one thousand. Well, there's no question in my mind that the com- the country is booming. Everyone's doing better. Booming. Except, it's booming. Uh, the country is booming. Then- all the complaining and kvetching. Uh, they all know they've never had it so good. They're all driving new cars. They're eating in restaurants. They're going on vacations. All these complaining communists from Vermont. We all know that. They never had it so good. So now you have a bunch of losers up there, most of whom, not all of them, most of them never created a product or service that anybody wants or has ever used. And they're telling us they're going to save society. Look at Elizabeth Warren. The woman has never held a job. She's always been a college teacher or a politician. What does she know about creating jobs? Nothing. Well, this is why the American people made a really, I think, bright decision back uh, uh, three years ago when they basically said, hey, we're going to replace a community organizer with somebody who's a businessman who knows <laughs> payroll, who, who knows how to create growth. And, 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 you know, that's not easy. By the way, the people who are most critical of successful businesses are people who have no idea how to create a successful business. And you're right. Not, I don't think any uh, 11 out of the 12 people on that stage have no idea how to run a business. No. Well, we have them all over the universities, you know, out of work Democrats like Robert Reich over there in Berkeley. Another one sitting there making probably 250000 a year for doing nothing but yelling at children. But I want to go back to the tax loopholes. How do people like Buffett, Bezos, Zuckerberg, Gates not pay the amount, for example, that an ordinary millionaire is paying in this country? When you say there are tax loopholes, I've read some of them. For example, if you own an insurance company, as Warren Buffett does, Buffet, Buffett, as Warren Buffett does, there's a special trick that owning an insurance company affords people, is there not? Yeah, look, there are all sorts of, uh, you know, uh, shams in the the tax code. By the way, we tried to get rid of a lot of those uh, when we did the tax bill for Donald Trump. As you know, I was one of his economic advisors and helped. Oh, so I've got you to blame for paying more taxes in California. You're the one who did it to me. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's because you make the mistake of living in California, my friend. But I've been here for 40 years. You want me to leave? I'm not leaving just because of taxes, but it's onerous that I cannot deduct my state income tax from my federal anymore. And I'm not the only... A Republican or conservative or independent in this state who was resentful of that, by the way. I think it was a mistake to do that to New Yorkers, Californians and those in other states. What was your intent in doing that? Well, because it's not. Look, you have every right to live in California. I I grew up in Illinois. It's another high tax state. But what is not there, Michael, in my opinion, is to force people in Texas and Florida and Tennessee and Utah where taxes are low, to pay higher federal taxes to subsidize big, flabby government in California. I mean, look, California has taxes and government spending that's about twice as high as as normal states do. I mean, what do you spend? I know. Gavin Newsom has made the state into a mini uh, Romania, what he's just done. But he did not create the tax code where I am paying 15 percent of my income in state tax. Do you know that? I'm not surprised. 15% of the money I earn, 15 cents of every dollar goes to the criminals in Sacramento. Do you know that? Yes, but but the point is that people in California have to rise up and revolt against that. I mean, you could lo- you could move tomorrow to Texas or Florida or Tennessee and pay zero income tax. I know, but I just I'm selling my house in Florida. I mean, nothing is worth living in Florida for me. Okay. Well, I, <laughs> I, I couldn't take the sun. I couldn't take the lack of mountains. I couldn't take the lack of culture, civilization. But th- that's my decision. I had a beautiful home in Florida. I never went there after a few years. So, so I have to now pay for what I've done here in this state by living here and creating jobs and having a family and all of that. But I think it was not, not fair to us because there are many conservatives here who do well, who are very unhappy with that particular tax uh, thing. But that's not the issue, Mr. Moore. I mean, the issue really is I want to know the tricks. That's why I have you on the show today. What tricks do these guys use? What does the double Irish for me mean? What does it actually mean? Well, first of all, the, the, there is a deception that's going on in all the stocks that the rich are paying a lower tax rate than the, than the middle class. Let's take somebody like, uh, you know, someone who's an investor and invests in, in companies. Um, they, that, that, com- that income that they get is taxed at the business level when the business makes the profit. At, at a rate of, um, you know, 20, 25 percent. And then the, the investor only gets the money, you know, after the taxes have already been taken out. And then they pay a capital gains tax or a dividend tax on top of that. So what, what, the, what the liberals are not counting is the tax that the business paid. Oh, you know, so in other words, if you take that into account, it's, it's just a, a, a total um, 
fraud. Yes, it's, it's called Eat the Rich. It's the oldest story in the world. Class warfare. That's what the Democrats have specialized in for too long. Steve Moore, let's go to another big issue, which I don't think we're going to disagree on. The deficit. It's rising. It's worrisome. What is causing this and how can it be cut? Boy, am I glad you asked me that question. So I'm going to give you a, a number that you're, that's going to amaze you. Because, as you know, we passed a pretty big tax cut two years ago in 2017. As I said, I'm proud to have been one of the authors of that. Um, but in 2000, we just ended fiscal year 2019 on September 30th, just two weeks ago. Hmm. So we know the final numbers. In, are you sitting down, Michael? Because this is unbelievable. <laughs> I am. I'm sitting quite comfortably. Okay. <laughs> Good. In fiscal year 2018... <laughs> The United States federal government, the Treasury Department, uh, collected more tax revenues adjusted for inflation than any other single year in American history. So let me say that again. More revenues were collected from the American people by the federal government and the Treasury Department than any other year. Right. They're taxing us to death to run up the deficit. So what what are we going to do with the deficit? We used to be fiscal conservatives, weren't we? Yes, but here's my point. The problem is not that we are not collecting enough tax revenues. I just want to be clear about this. The problem- okay, okay, I got it. We're not, we are collecting enough taxes. So then why is the deficit out of control? Because government spending is out of control. And here, you know, I'm a fan of Donald Trump's, and I call myself a Republican, but in, in the, and I don't like the Democrats too much either. But I got to say, it's both parties that want to spend and spend and spend. And spend. Okay. They all, politicians love to play Santa Claus. And, and that's why we have these enormous deficits. We've got to get government spending under control. But, wait, but isn't that up to Donald Trump? The buck stops here. Can he do something to stop the deficit from spinning out of control? See, I'm worried about inflation. There is an undercurrent of inflation in our economy. Would you agree with that? Well, I don't see any inflation right now in the economy. I mean, my, my goodness. I mean, but I do worry that if we continue to run these large deficits year after year after year, you know, it, that's got to catch up with you. I mean, no great country, no great business, uh, you know, no person who wants to be rich can, can get rich by borrowing every year ad infinitum. Uh, it's just it's a big problem. And I like the penny plan. Are you familiar with that, where you cut one penny out of every agency's dollar that they spent? So the Defense Department, the Agriculture Department, the Interior Department, you give them a dollar, they only spend 99 cents. And if you do it, then the next year they spend 98 and 97, 96, 95. Yeah, I love it, but they won't do it. Uh, I would like to cut about 1% of their employ. I'd like to cut 1% of all federal government employees out of every department 1% a year for four years. That would help as well. When we come back with Stephen Moore, I hope you have time for one last question, which is a big one. How is impeachment talk hurting the economy? We'll be back in a minute with the great Stephen Moore on The Savage Nation. Home of Borders. Language. Culture. The Savage Nation. Now back to our wizard guest Stephen Moore Stephen welcome back to the program even though I'm sorry to learn that you're the one who has increased my taxes in California I, st- <laughs> I, I still like you let me ask you this uh, the impeachment talk how is it hurting our economy if it is at all well it's designed to do exactly that I mean you know for the last three months all Democrats have been talking about is recession right I mean they want the recession to happen they want millions of Americans to lose their jobs because liberals all they care about is political power and they understand that if, if the economy continues to boom like it is, that they are going to be out of power for four wow. more years. So they have okay. orchestrated this, mm. this fiction that wow. how the American economy is falling off a cliff, when in fact today we have the lowest unemployment rate, the lowest inflation rate, the lowest interest rate. In mm. 50 years, we've got mm. big wage gains for uh, middle-class workers. That story is not getting out because all the media wants to talk about is recession. I don't see a recession on the horizon. Now, look, I would never say never. Anything can happen with the economy. But, you know, this is a, this is a very, very solid uh, economy we have now, and it's because of a lot of things. All, all I know is I want you to advise me on how I can avoid paying retail. I'm sick of it. I am sick of it. I need to pay wholesale rates along the lines of Bezos. I want to know what he's doing, and I haven't learned it yet. Steve Moore, you've been a wonderful, uh, wonderful guest on the show. It's a pleasure to have you. You know what you're talking about. Say hello to Mr. Trump when you see him. Uh, I had a hot dog with him on Air Force One three weeks ago, if you can believe it or not. You should believe it. It's true. And uh, it was the height of my political or professional life to be with the president at that time. Stephen Moore, thanks for being with us. In the next hour, if you're holding, we'll get to you on the topics that we've been talking about. The cut and run strategy in Syria and, of course, well, the other topics I touched on, like taxation. 
Westwood One Podcast Network. Fans of the spoken word, welcome. This is a podcast. Greetings, pod recipients. You are entering the Savage Nation. Read the book. See the movie. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. The way I see this, it is about what kinds of costs middle-class families are going to face. So let me be clear on this. Costs will go up for the wealthy. They will go up for big corporations. And for middle-class families, they will go down. I will not sign a bill into law that does not lower costs for middle-class families. She's full of you-know-what, but... uh First of all, she's never held a job in her life. She's been a lying communist teacher her whole life, number one. Number two, she lied about everything she ever talked about, from being dismissed because she was pregnant, lie. Being Native American, lie. What she will do with taxes is even a bigger joke. She gets a triple Pinocchio and a quadruple bypass for that one. First of all, she says she'll not sign a bill into law that does not lower costs for middle-class families. How would Elizabeth Warren define what a middle-class family earns? Would that be someone who has... Let us say one meal out a week. Would that be middle class? Two meals out a week? How would you define middle class? Don't you people yet understand that when they start passing onerous taxes on the quote rich, which already exists, by the way, they're quite onerous here in California. Tell me what happens next when they suck all of that money into Sacramento or into any other system. Where does it go? They raise the taxes again on the low next rung, next rung. So next. Oh, anyone who makes more than $100,000 is rich. Now it's anyone who makes more than $70,000 is rich. Now it's anyone who makes more than $50,000 is rich, etc. and so on, until eventually you wind up eating zoo animals so that Governor Newsom can continue to taking away your guns and your freedom of speech. So this is very dangerous to listen to these demagogues. The problem is the country's filled with deadbeats and drug addicts who don't know the difference between uh, their foot and their behind. And as a result, they buy the lie that Warren and the communist, uh, the other communists up there are putting are putting out there. So then she tries to backpedal Warren when she gets caught with attacking, attacking the most successful people. Here she is, the Biden-Monhoff gang leader in clip 17. Listen to this big one. I'm really shocked at the notion that anyone thinks I'm punitive. Uh, look, I don't have a beef with billionaires. Beef? My problem is you made a fortune in America. You oh, had a great not, idea. Let, you I'm got so out there tired of the sophomoric garbage. I don't like her, her um, voice because I hear the fake, the fake voice. I don't like the fake, the fake, the, the cracking voice, the, the pain voice. The injured female voice, the victim voice It's the same voice almost that I heard at the Kavanaugh hearings by uh, uh, the faker Ford. The, sa- the same kind of voice, the cracking voice. She's in such pain from uh, uh, pain, pain from the evils of America that she could hardly hardly speak, hardly speak. But she's fit to be America, uh, be the president of America. So let's see. She's not punitive. Uh, Warren dodges on whether she'll raise taxes on the middle class. Klobuchar, again, looks like she bakes cakes for the local B'nai B'rith. Nothing wrong with B'nai B'rith or cake, but she reminds me of an out-of-towner who makes cakes at a B'nai B'rith meeting somewhere in a, in a suburb of, Pins- of Pittsburgh. What is she doing on the stage, Klobuchar? She's like a klutz, like a, a schmendrick. You know, Klobuchar looks, just on a side note, a comedic side note, she looks like the type of woman who always had like sweat marks on her blouse. I don't know why. Doesn't she look like that? That she eats too much lemon meringue pie and has sweat marks under her arms. There's something about her that's just uh, unpalatable. Gabbard, let's see. Did she do anything good? Yeah, okay. She wore all white and she tried to be the angel of reason. I like that. She makes sense, actually, Gabbard, but I'm not going to waste your time by playing it. She has as much chance to win as my dog does. So let's not waste your, your ear time with that. How about uh, Biden getting sitreit and tumult? Those are Jewish words for uh, tongue-tied and stupid. 
He didn't know what the hell he was talking about. I didn't know what the hell Biden was saying. He'd start to talk. The teeth would loosen up. And then I didn't know what he was he was getting to. He got in attacking uh, Trump. Then he got into the gun control debate. He didn't even know what he was talking about, a gun. Uh, and you got to listen to clip 14. Listen to poor Biden. You know, the man should be taken off the stage. You know what it is? He's a real macho guy in a way. He's way past the shelf life. It's been used up. He's been burned out. The disclosure about his son's corrupt business dealings did him in fine. Look, he lost a son to cancer, right? You know, that, 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 that's a killer to begin with. How much do you think a guy has in his soul? Why he is even up there is beyond me with what he has been through. You know, I don't understand it. Why doesn't he just withdraw? What does he need to do this for? Okay, now let's listen to poor Biden getting satumbled in number 14. I'm the only one on this stage who has taken on the NRA and beat them and beat them twice. Sad. We were able to get assault weapons off the off the streets and not be able to be sold for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Recent studies show that mass violence went down when that occurred. Mm-hmm. The way to deal with those guns and those AR-15s and assault weapons that are on the street are not on the street that people own is to do what we do with the National Firearms Act as related to machine guns. You must register that weapon. You must uh-huh. register Wait, it. Would that apply to the Crips and the Bloods and the uh, uh, gangs from from uh, Mexico who have stockpiles of these weapons, Mr. Biden? Would you start with them or would you leave them alone? I mean, they all have them. I mean, I watch enough movies to know that. So how would you have them register? Would you go down to your nearest uh, produce stand, I, I, where, n- nearest construction site, and ask them to call their cousin up and have him register his AR-15, the one who's not working on the construction site? What a stupid thing. I'll tell you what, Biden, let's split the difference. If you could prove that you would force the gangsters in this country who own such weapons to register them first, I would consider registering my weapon. How do you like that? But you know you're not going to do that. So you want to disarm us and let the gangsters have the weapons. It's never going to happen. When you register. Okay, so that's done. Biden yells at Warren about votes. Warren burns Biden. I don't know. This is so childish now. I don't even want to do this. What's this now? Veterans like McGabbard blast debate. Oh, says NYT and CNN have smeared her. Okay, let's listen to eight. Let's hear Gabbard for a minute. Oh, first of all, we've got to understand the reality of the situation there, which is that the slaughter of the Kurds being done by Turkey is yet another negative consequence of the regime change war that we've been waging in Syria. Donald Trump has the blood of the Kurds on his hand, but so do many of the politicians in our country from both parties who have supported this ongoing regime change war in Syria that started in 2011, along with many in the mainstream media who have been championing and cheerleading this regime change war. She's pretty smart. You know, at least she can carry an idea, express herself rationally and succinctly. I mean, you could deconstruct what she says and agree or disagree with it, but it's not gobbled. At least she knows what she's talking about. It's not a hackneyed statement, in other words. Now she goes on in uh, 09. I like Gabbard. Listen to 9. New York Times and CNN have also smeared veterans like myself for calling for an end to this regime change war. Uh, just two days ago, the New York Times put out oh a, an article saying that I'm a, a Russian asset and Sad. an Assad apologist and all these Awful. different smears. This morning, a CNN commentator said on national television that I'm an asset of Russia. Completely despicable. You should sue them. You should sue them. I get such clowns on on social media and I immediately dismiss them because they're making this stuff up. And I'll tell you, you know, defamation is a crime in America, whether you're a politician or not. And if they're defaming you like that, Ms. Gabbard, sue those people at The New York Times and CNN. I would I would applaud that. Now, let's go back. We got uh, Trump saying a lot of sand they can play with over there, which actually I got sick listening to it. That's why I opened this, this, the show today with Mr. Sandman. That was perhaps the low point of his career is perhaps the low point of his career to make a statement like that. Why would he say that? Why does he come up with a statement like that? They have a lot of sand they can play with over there. First of all, it's unfeeling. It's insensitive. It's venal. It's horrendous to make a statement like that when people are being killed in a genocide and towns are being crushed. It's unbelievable to me. Secondly, it's it's factually false because the Kurds are hill people. They're not sand people. That's number two. Number three, would he dare say a thing like that about Israel? If Israel got involved in a a war with uh, her neighbors, would would he say it's not my business? 
They've got a lot of sand over there they can play with. I don't think so. That was a terrible thing to say. It's just wrong. Damn wrong. And I'm not happy to listen to it. And so we can talk about that topic. We got the uh, the guns. We got the uh, taxation I've covered. We got this. We got that. Who else was there? Mayor Pete. What a loser he is. You know, Mayor Pete, forget the fact that I wouldn't like to see two men living in the White House in, in, in together. I wouldn't. I'm sorry. I think it'd be the worst mistake we could ever make for our children. I don't care whether I'm supposed to say it or not. I'm not ready for two men laying in the Lincoln bedroom together, running the country. I don't want to see it in the White House. I don't want to see it. I'm not ready for it, okay? I'm a throwback. I'm a primitive. I want a man and a woman in the White House. I want a mother figure, a father figure. I want a family man and a family woman in the White House. I don't want that in the White House. I'm sick of listening to this garbage. And secondly, he's an idiot. He's a fatuous moron. He's, got, he's a vacuous idiot. He's got nothing to say that is having any value whatsoever. Why are you people so enchanted with Mayor Pete? Who is this guy? Supported by West Hollywood billionaires, by the way. Where do you think he got his, his uh, start? Where do you think Mayor Pete got his start and get his, getting his push? Shall I tell you where? West Hollywood and the upper uh, penthouses of Manhattan. That's where. The same uh, group, uh, leave it at that, the same shadowy group that runs America, the same shadowy group that runs the cultural pollution of America, has picked this guy out of nowhere and is pushing upon you. That's where. You can quote me on that if you don't like it. It's too damn bad. I'm sick of, you know, I'm so sick of checking everything I say on this show. Do you realize that I've been running with a filter in my head for 25 years? Even though you think I say everything that I believe, I don't. I know where to stop. And believe me, I just stopped at the glass in this hockey game because I didn't want to hit you in the head with a puck or crash through the plexiglass myself. But I had enough of this big lie. Now let's go to the callers on the Savage Nation. The minute I come back at 855-400-7282. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. It is the Savage Nation. It's another idiotic story. Fifth grade teacher defends wearing Columbus was a murderer shirt to school. You hear this idiot? You hear a moron like this is a teacher? Look at it with a sincere face. Just a brainwashed white lady. A dummy. A dummy. A fifth grade teacher. Columbus opened up civilization to North America. I did a whole podcast on the realities of the sacred Native American, the noble savage, what they did to each other before uh, the colonists got here. But if you don't want to know history, I can't help you. If you want to live in the stupid world in which you currently live because of the brainwashing, I can't help you. So that's the same thing with the uh, blunder that Trump has committed. If you don't know history and you don't understand the history of warfare or the history of the area uh, I can't help you if you just want to repeat the government lie about uh, Trump making a brilliant strategic movement. No, it was a blunder. Every expert knows it was a blunder. Republican, Democrat, everybody knows it was a blunder. John in Texas, I don't know your opinion, but you're on the Savage Nation. Yeah, I think that Trump made a huge mistake bailing on the Kurds like he did. Those guys have been with us almost every time we've been in the Middle East. And I think that was just stupid of him to abandon them the way he did. But, John, here's the thing. We could argue about this all of our lives, but the proof is the fact that the minute we left, a vacuum, a power vacuum was created into which Russia and Syria moved in and ISIS prisoners were released from prisons. And, of course, the Turks are now trying to create a 30-mile buffer zone by wiping the, the Kurds off the map. Of course, it's a military blunder. And on top of that, Trump has sent his top people to try and stop this after it's too late. You don't negotiate from a position of weakness, do you? As a, as a man in the 82nd Airborne, you're probably taught never to back down from the enemy or he'll crush you. Yeah, and also it just sends out a, a message to all our enemies that he doesn't have a stomach to fight. Well, that's what I think. That's what I think as well. And then when I woke up this morning, and as much as I support the president, and as much as I will work for him, I mean, what's right is right, and what's wrong is wrong. When I heard him say that they have a lot of sand that they can play with over there, I was shocked. How did that strike you for him to say a thing like that about a situation that's serious as this? 
And that was ridiculous. I, I couldn't believe he said that. I, I don't know. I, I'm speechless. I can't imagine America not being appalled by this. They have a lot of sand they can play with over there. All right, thank you for the call. I, I don't want to sit here and beat up Trump's decision. He made a huge error, and we're going to pay for it for, for decades to come. I want to talk for, gee, I don't have time. It's two minutes to tell you a whole story of the, of the Ottoman Empire. I have exactly 90 seconds now to tell you about the Turkish dynasty and how it rose from the dying embers of another once great empire. I don't think I can do it. If I start to tell you about Michael VIII, and his blinding of his, uh, of his cohort, an 11-year-old named John, because he didn't want to share power. Or if I would tell you about Michael responding with a heavy hand, meeting out blindings, mutilations, imprisonment, or exile to anyone who disagreed with him in the empire known as the Ottoman Empire. Actually, he was in the Byzantine Empire, sorry. And there's some lines about Michael VIII, who died in 1282, that are relevant today, because we're talking about the area that was once known as the Ottoman Empire, and Turkey was known as Anatolia. And there are lines in the story that are worth repeating, and that is this. His father's heavy spending had depleted the treasury. That's, that rings a bell. Uh, Constantinople, you know what that is? Istanbul was Constantinople, now it's Istanbul, not Constantinople. You do know that the Muslims invaded and they took one of the great Christian cathedrals known as the Hagia Sophia. And what the Muslims did was sack the Hagia Sophia in Istanbul and turn it into a what? A mosque. So when you go into this grand mosque of Istanbul, you should know that it was built by Christians before that. So what happened in 1453 to the Byzantine Empire that brought it to an end and established the Ottoman Empire, which survived until World War I, when like the patchwork of previous human dynasties, it also fell mortally wounded. It's a history you should read for yourself. Home of Borders, Language, Culture, The Savage Nation. We're going to talk about um, a topic that's interesting, which is uh, the impeachment movement and why the Republicans are doing nothing. Our guest is Julie Kelly, and she wrote an article, House Dems Move to Impeach, While Senate GOP Writes Mean Letters, on AmericanGreatness.com. Miss Kelly, welcome to The Savage Nation. Great title. Why are the Republicans so passive? Um, I don't know. I wish I had an answer, but uh, apparently they think that writing mean letters and uh, not getting any response to them is a way to retaliate against Adam Schiff and Jerry Nadler and Nancy Pelosi. Now, you're, 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 a, you're a political commentator. You, you've been around a bit. You've been in big publications, policy communications to candidates and whatnot. You know how politics are played. I mean, it's played pretty dirty. Why has there been no dirt dug up on Adam Schiff or Nadler? I don't understand that. I, I, can, I can tell you looking at them, everyone has skeletons in their closet in politics. Wouldn't you agree there's something that could be dug up on them? I, I, I love your style. I, I'm fully on board with that approach. <laughs> I'm glad we get along on this. Let's share our Chicago pizza. I don't know why the Republicans aren't digging for dirt. Well, look, I, I, it, there have been rumors. I, I, I think pretty... Uh, significant rumors that Adam Schiff is on that list of congressmen who had to pay out for sexual harassment claims. It was All right. That's a nice beginning. Dallas. Good. That's a good start. Exactly. And what about the man from Brooklyn who wears his pants under his pectoral muscles? <laughs> I mean, it, really, how else can you humiliate that guy? I mean, he just... He you can't. All he's got to do is get up there and stand with his coat open and right away you, you feel bad for the nebbish. Exactly. So he, he's kind of a sad. <laughs> God. And these are the people trying to take down Donald Trump. By the way, they've been pretty quiet in the last few days. How come? Uh, well, you know what? I think, Dr. Savage, because our the uh, whistleblower uh, whole scandal, impeachment scandal, has fallen apart. And uh, I think there's is there really a whistleblower or is that made up out of whole cloth by, by Adam Schiff? It would be nice to know, wouldn't it? Um, 
And look, in here, this is another article that I've uh, that I've written. It may not just be Adam Schiff. It could be the Inspector General for the Intelligence Community, Michael Atkinson, who we know worked for the Department of Justice under Obama in 2016 and 2017, mm-hmm. and worked directly with two of the people, key figures, not mm. in the FISA warrant against Carter Page, but the whole counterintelligence probe into the Trump campaign, mm. and uh, the setup of Mike Flynn um, uh, in early uh, 2017. He worked directly for that department. He has no business being in the Trump administration, let alone be the watchdog for the intelligence community, which is out to get the president. You know, I have an article on michaelsavage.com. Donald Trump questions Nancy Pelosi's corruption. I've been waiting to see when the president would finally fight back himself. And what he's doing is going back to an old 60 Minutes clip uh, featuring Peter Schweitzer's investigation into Pelosi and her husband participating in at least eight different stock IPOs while in Congress. It's an old story. Why isn't turnabout fair, turnabout fair play here? Well, it, it totally is. But why does Donald Trump have to fight this battle on his own? Ah. And aside from uh, some really vocal House Republicans, which is great, but they have no power. Where are the Senate Republicans? Lynn- yeah, why are they playing so middle of the road? What are they doing? Waiting it out? What are they trying to do here? They keep using the excuse of, you know, either the uh, inspector general report coming from Horowitz or some more letters that they've look. There are several hearings that Lindsey Graham should have already held. The first and foremost should have been an investigation into the Kavanaugh uh, attempted political assassination. Right. Why has Feinstein not been brought down for doing that? I, I don't know. And they they had four criminal referrals, the Senate Judiciary Committee, uh, sent to DOJ a year ago. Four criminal referrals for lying to Congress, including for Michael, for Michael Avenatti and Julie Swetnick. A year ago, we have nothing. There hasn't been one hearing held on the Mueller investigation, not one hearing held on the entire uh, Trump well, rush. The Democrats know the game better. They say uh, a, good, a, good, a, a good offense is the best defense, an old game we all learned in the third grade. So now Trump... Trump is finally doing what he should have done from the beginning, and he's bringing up Speaker Pelosi's dubious participation in stock market IPOs, enriching her family going back to 2011. But he's the only one doing it. Why aren't the Republican senators doing it? I've asked this question repeatedly, and that was the crux of my piece. Why are they sending letters? You know, we finally got a letter from Tom Cotton last week. He he sits on the Senate. Senate Intelligence Committee. He raised several questions about Michael Atkinson, the ICIG at the center of this whistleblower uh, controversy, said that he was obstinate during questioning by the Senate Intelligence Committee, asked five questions of Michael Atkinson. I'm sure he hasn't answered them yet. Why is Michael Atkinson still in that job? He should be fired. I don't know. I don't know. It seems to me that the Republicans are almost hoping that Trump is removed so that they can then go back to their old ways. That's what it seems like to me, and I think that's what you're hinting at. I can't put words in your mouth. Uh, Julie Kelly writes for AmericanGreatness.com, but you've been in the Chicago Tribune, Forbes, the Genetic Literacy Project. That's interesting, Wall Street Journal. I note that after college graduation, Julie served as a policy and communications consultant for several Republican candidates in suburban Chicago. Is that where you're headquartered? I live outside of Chicago in the South. See, I took a guess by your accent. <laughs> really? See, here I thought I was hiding it. So I thought you could get you thought you could get away with it, huh? I heard a hint but, of the Chicago. I don't hear any accent on you at all, though. <laughs> <laughs> I learned a long time ago when I began a radio, Julie, to not hide my accent. It turned out to be the greatest asset I have because it's it's honest. People want honesty more than they want anything else and I don't think they're getting that from anyone except Donald Trump. They like the fact that he says what he believes even though some of the statements get me a little nervous like they have a lot of sand to play with over there. I thought that was really bad. But at least they know he's saying what he thinks. With everyone else they don't know what they're thinking and they don't like that. They don't and then you have uh, Republicans on Capitol Hill who are running for cover and now they're trying to, you know, Avoid all of these issues by worrying about, you know, Syria. All right, let's just do crystal ball gazing for one minute. You've been around. You've been in the political world. You're very mm-hmm. smart. You're from Chicago, so you know reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, is he going to survive this impeachment debacle? Yes. What's going to happen? 
um, I, I don't think that the House uh, Democrats are going to be able to pull the trigger on it. I think they're going to continue to try to do this behind the scenes. Mm. Um, and I think that, it, you know, for every uh, little rocket that Adam Schiff launches, Trump is going to come back and Giuliani and they're going to come back with 10 times more, whether it's the Bidens, whether it's Pelosi, mm. um, you know, who knows who could be next. But. Uh, they're uh, not back. So you think that the Trump machine is that good that they're going to come back at Pelosi? They started the fight again. In other words, it was a warning shot to Pelosi about her participation in stock IPOs. So if they're starting with her, they're sending a message, just back off or we're going to expose all of you. You think that's what they're doing? I think so. And I, I, I just saw I was in a uh, seminar all day today, but I saw he called her a third rate politician or something today in their uh, Oval Office meeting. Did you see that? I just no. Also, oh, Trump finally went against Pelosi. It's about time. Face to face. Yep. Called her a third rate po- politician and brought up some things about Obama. And I think that now, look, this is what this whole cover up is about, too. This mm-hmm. is protecting Barack Obama and his complicity in what happened in 2016 and 2017, going after the Trump campaign and his early presidency. They have covered up for Obama for three years. This is what this is about, is Bill Barr and John Durham and Michael Horowitz are getting to the bottom of this. This whole mm-hmm. thing is going to Im- explode. And Barack mm. Obama is going to be sitting at the center, and they are desperate to protect him and uh, mm. how he directed all of this that put our country in chaos for three years. Wow. Okay, so even Gabbard last night, interestingly enough, blast the, blasted the Democrats for pursuing this, uh, this fake impeachment. Right. And she said that you can't impeach Trump for hyperpartisan reasons. Trump won that election in 2016. And she also said that if the House votes to impeach, the Senate does not vote to remove Donald Trump. He walks out and he feels exonerated, further deepening the divides in the country that we cannot afford. That's Tulsi Gabbard last night. I would agree with her. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, last question of the day for you. You're a smart person, Julie. Did you at all watch the debates last night? I watched parts of it. Uh, So did I. I went out for pizza and wine and came back. I turned it on and turned it off after a minute. But I'm sure you've done some follow up on it. What did you take away from it? Eat the rich, tax the rich, the old game, uh, class warfare all over again? I mean, yes, it's the same song and dance. But I will say this. I think that there, the Hunter Biden issue, I think, is relevant. But if they really want to go after Joe Biden, they really need to go after uh, his temperament, his demeanor. I mean, he almost he was so aggressive towards elizabeth warren uh last night almost to the point i almost felt sorry for her and that's nearly impossible (laughs) he is a completely unhinged and i think that they need to raise more questions about his suitability and capability to even run for office um and you know make this hunter biden stuff still talk about it but i I think if they really want to end joe biden that's what they need to go after yeah, Joe Biden is is actually a sad personality at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, he looks feeble, and uh, he shouldn't even be up there. Who do you think is going to win, by the way? That's an interesting question unto itself. Who do you think, as a political uh, observer, which of the bunch is going to break out and become the c- candidate to run against Trump? I have always thought it would be Kamala Harris. Um, wow. I, I really do. I don't think she's dead in the water yet. But uh, listen, I talked to a lot of Democrats in Chicago, and uh, they are terrified that Elizabeth Warren is going to be their candidate. Because wait, wait, they're terrified because she's too radical? Exactly. They don't yep. want her. You know, this is why they've all coalesced uh, around Biden. But oh. now it looks like Warren is, is leading the pack. This terrifies them. They don't want her, number one. And they Well, because they're rich people. They don't want to be taxed out of, out of existence. <laughs> of course, they don't want a communist running the country. That's right. She's a mean college teacher who looks like if I were casting a, a movie from the 70s, <laughs> Germany, let's say, of the, of the Biden-Monhoff gang, she'd be the head of the Biden-Monhoff gang in a secret chamber somewhere. <laughs> uh, la- I'm sure you're getting the jokes. She is so mean looking. She's unelectable. She really is. I mean, her temperament is terrible. Her whole <laughs> approach, she's not warm. She's not funny. What do you think about that breaking voice, the breaking, cracking uh, uh, victim voice? They tried that with the, with the Kavanaugh hearings, didn't they, with, with, with Miss Ford? Well, who did they learn that from? Hillary. I mean, you know, she would, that was her big thing. Oh, Hillary, Hillary used the breaking voice also? That's right. She did. Oh. 
she did. Uh, remember when she said how hard it is? You know, this is just so hard. It's so hard. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember. I've learned. I've learned. I, I've heard some of Hillary's speeches. I remember. I've come so long down this road. That one I like. But uh, yeah, it's Which, you know a fellow sub- Chicago suburbanite. That was interesting to watch. But uh, you know their accents always. Change. How is Chicago aside from the random murders? Chicago is a beautiful city with great people, and uh, it's a clean, walkable, livable city. Wow. Um, and but it's just going to be running. Yeah, do you have a bad homeless problem there, like we do in San Francisco? Oh no, not at all. No, why is that? You've got a Democrat mayor. I have people in this city who will defecate. I'm sorry to say it; it's ugly. Defecate in the streets, pull their pants down in front of a restaurant. Nothing happens to them. This is the dirtiest city in the Western Hemisphere. How did this happen? It's terrible. I'm- I think we need to ask Miss Pelosi and Miss Feinstein how they permit this to go on uh, right in their hometown. That's what I'd like to know, how they can ignore this. Well, anyway, yeah, I can ask the questions all I want, but I won't get the answers. Julie, what a pleasure to meet you here today on The Savage Nation. Again, listeners, please go to AmericanGreatness.com and you'll read more from the great Julie Kelly right there. And I thank you for being with us, Miss Kelly. Loved it. Thank you so much. What a pleasure to have intelligent people on the show. You know, I mean, it's actually... I was surprised, I'll be honest with you. I wasn't looking forward to that interview because Stephen Moore was so good. I have such great callers holding that I figured, all right, this is not going to be that great. We'll do it for a minute or two. She was wonderful, wasn't she, Robert? We were all surprised. But it's always nice to have intelligent people on a no reality. And here's a woman who grew up in Chicago, knows Chicago politics, and she answered the questions straight up the way she thinks it's going to be. She thinks that uh, this one from San Francisco is going to be the winner? What's her name again? I forgot the one from here. Kamala Harris. You want to hear something funny? I watched Kamala last night and she's got her act together. She actually looked better than she has in the past. She was trying to bait Warren. She wouldn't let go. Uh, Kamala Harris is inherently not intelligent, which is a plus for the presidency. Back in a minute. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. Well, we only have two minutes left. I don't know. You know, time flies and all of that. It does. The shows are getting better by the day. I got a migraine on me. You don't want to know about it. But that's my problem, not yours. And uh, I want you to go to michaelsavage.com after the show. Also, if you missed any of the great show today, beginning with Death and Taxes Are Inevitable, if you missed the interview with Stephen Moore, uh, any of that, it's all on my podcast right after the show. I did something new today on michaelsavage.com. I posted an article directly from a, another country, this one from Italy, La Repubblica, in, in Italian. Reggio Calabria nell'arsenale della draghetta esplosivo mitragliatrici e il simbolo della massoneria su un panetto di cocaina. Now, why am I doing it? I'm doing it for fun because I'm bored. I may take one foreign language articles per, per, per day, Spanish, Italian, it could be a Romanian, and uh, maybe I'll read it on the air just for fun. Dem leader strategy question after a few. Oh, come on. I'm so tired. I've already the dog and pony show. Yesterday's podcast was just say ho to the NBA. And uh, today's title will be death and taxes. The Dems bring death and taxes. How's that? That's a good title to today's show, isn't it? That's some. Hey, maybe I should do that with the audience. Ask them how we should entitle the show in the last minute of the day. How would you how would you do that? Right. We've talked about taxes and how they get away with it. Some of them paying so little. I still don't know the answer. I had two experts on. No one answered me. It just shows you how smart they are. Even the experts won't cop to the truth. <laughs> he was a guy, help write the tax code. I don't think he even knows. This is the problem. I know rich people. No one knows how they get away with it. I've asked many wealthy people, how do they get away without paying taxes? The, not, not my friend. They said they don't know what systems they use. No one knows. I think it's just that they own the government somewhere. Well, I don't. I pay through the nose. This is the Savage Nation. Thanks for being with us. And there's a lot of sand they can play with over there. The Westwood One Podcast Network.